0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthew.3cr.org.au. It's five o'clock. Friday afternoon. My name's Jacob here with you on Community Radio Station 3C R, and this is a Friday raid. Yes, and we're joined in the studio today. Well in the virtual studio via the wonders of modern technology. Once again um on a Friday rave by a friend of the show that you've heard, not just on my show, but on others through 3CR and other radio stations about the place, I dare say, um, Felicity Ruby, um, to talk about the AUKUS, uh, what is it called, PACT? Who knows what it is. But anyway, welcome to back to 3CR. Flick?
1: Thank you, Jacob. 3CR was the first radio station I ever did a radio interview on. I was petrified.
0: Oh, well, I hope you don't look petrified now. No, I don't Aren't think. I scary enough for you? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, mate. Look, last time you were on the show, we were talking about Julian Assange and the Assange campaign, and today we're talking about um, AUKUS. It strikes me that um, the two are in some way connected, in that as in as much as um, you have Julian Assange being held in one, of, being held in one of the AUKUS countries that. Well, he comes from another one of the Orcus countries and he's being held at behest of, one, of the third Orcus country. It's like the, it's like where he was born, where he was um, jailed and the people who were trying to kill him. Um, is the Orcus theme just an extension of the same old English speaking white boys club that's dominated the world since the end of World War Two?
1: Well, look, it is um, uncanny that the three countries that are involved in, in the Assange case have um, become even closer. Some of us were hoping that uh, they were talking about him in England um, during the G8 meeting, but, however, they were they were talking about this um, the AUKUS agreement. Um, but that said, there has been an increase in attention on the situation of Assange in the last couple of weeks because um, Michael Isikoff and a number of journalists for Yahoo News have um, done a really deep investigative piece involving 30, three zero um, former CIA and senior government officials in the United States who were speaking about the insane plans, um, seemingly insane but actually quite real, to kidnap and... And, and uh, kill Julian. So that's been rather shocking, and it just takes this case to another level. Really, um, they've you know our government's been talking about consular assistance when actually um, two intelligence agencies of our closest allies have been kind of practising outs on the streets of London, literally. <laughs> so this has caused a lot of us to um, be even more concerned about the situation. And just this morning, um, 21 prominent Australians have written a letter to the Prime Minister saying, well, you know, well, we caught up in this because the CIA agents have, have directly stated that associates of Assange were also being tracked across Europe and all of our movements and our communications and devices were um, under extreme surveillance um, so we're, we're waiting for answers about how it's affected us as well as Australians but mm. it's really time for Scott Morrison to pick up the phone to his pal in the White House that fuller in the White House um, and to say that enough's enough enough's enough this is yeah end.
0: and a lot of people are saying enough's enough and I noticed there are parliamentarians all around the world are now are, are getting together to talk to talk to put pressure on the English government to um to end the the bullshit, I guess mockery of what they call justice, and the and the American government to um to end to end the um, litigation.
1: That's right, and what's what's kind of um, the icing on the cake of this story, um, the icing of horror, I should add, um, is that Mike Pompeo has. Um, has, first of all, tried to diss the journalists involved to say, like, don't believe anything they write. Um... What's interesting is that Isakov was a big Russia Gator and, mm. and, a, and a bit of a hater of Julian, and now he's come out with this story that actually shows that, um, you know, the Russia Gate story was a, a real hoax, but, um, you know, this one isn't.
0: It's not, yeah.
1: Pompeo's come out and also said that the 30 agents who spoke to him should be prosecuted, which actually confirms the, what they've said yes. is true. Um, it actually confirms that, indeed, they were doing this. So it's, um, you know, you can get scared and horrified or you can get busy and active, and that's what I've chosen to do. That's so, what
0: we've chosen um, to do. And he's going back to court on the twenty eighth of this month. Now it's the first of October, so in um four 27th weeks, twenty seventh, uh, yeah. right? Okay, yes. I'm thinking of the twenty eighth in, in our time. By the time we here, by the time we get in, so maybe sometime in um, early November, I'll get you to talk about what happened in what happened in that trial. But today. We want to talk about the... Well, hopefully you can get him on, actually, because hopefully he'll be out. Hopefully. Look, I, and, I, and, and, I da- and, and I dare say, if he's out, I reckon he'll be too busy to talk to us, so I've got to say to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but...
1: Well, he might just also need to rest for a
0: while. Yeah, yeah. Busy resting. Um, okay, but we have the situation now. I'm sorry about it. I don't know what this ticking is on the, on the line. Um... So sorry, listeners, and sorry, Flick. But um, we have the situation now where the country that um, wants to kill him, the country that he comes from, and the country that's holding him in jail, have all formed together a new military pact. Now, I've been trying to work out whether it was a pact or an alliance or a treaty or or what it is, and the strange thing that got me is just this morning, actually, I typed into my... Uh, Duck, duck, go, search engine, um, a few key terms. And I come up with the first hit was the Wikipedia link. And Wikipedia referred to AUKUS as a security pact. You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR. Now, who knows what it is? And that's the first thing I want to ask you, Amphic. What What's your understanding of where, what AUKUS actually is? Is it
1: a well? Um, it's it's a it's a it's a new um, formation of a very old partnership, um, and it's a, a it's a message to China by the US, um, the um, they're calling it a partnership. So the, if you look at the White House um, briefing room um, component mm-hmm. and you see all the remarks from this simultaneous press conference that was held in DC, London and Canberra with a lot of televisions and a lot of flags, where this, this new security um, uh, arrangement was uh, was announced, this p- partnership um, it, the big headline from the the, the partnership um, was about Australia acquiring nuclear submarine c- capacities, mm-hmm. um, but it's you know, and, and it's about um, Australia having a lot more U.S. Marines on our soil, us parking a lot of U.S. weapons on our soil. Well, so under the Five Eyes, Australia is a conveniently located island with aerials, Um, and under the AUKUS agreement, Australia is a conveniently located storage house and also... Basic base, you know, for um, a forward kind of assault to China. It's about also further um, interoperability. This word that has justified so much spending. Um, uh, but the, the headline that you're hearing about um, is is submarines. But what will happen almost immediately is a, a more coordination on cyber warfare. Mm-hmm. And um, there's all kinds of new architectures of meetings. Um, so there will just be a lot more integration, uh, even more, which is hard to believe, but even more. More integration of our military uh, like, which is as you know even former prime ministers are saying just like an absolute um, compromise of our sovereignty our ability to um, defend ourselves um, in isolation um, as an independent country um, in, in partnerships that we choose um, for specific reasons where our interests align. This is about a permanent recognition that our interests are the United States' interests, and that's not always the case. Sometimes they do line up. This makes good sense, but mm. often it doesn't. And these submarines we're buying at great expense, $140 it's. billion. Dollars, oh, and counting. Um, under, under at, well, under... Abbott, we were going to have $40 billion worth of Japanese worth of French submarines, and now we're going to have eight um, uh, either US or UK submarines um, at about $140 billion. These are seven or 8,000-ton vehicles that take a long, long time to build, and um, you know, scrapping the deal with France has already cost us $145 million just in the fee for scrapping it. Mm. But we already spent two billion dollars on that, so that's gone now. That's just money that's how, gone. How many
0: how many vaccines like, could we have bought what's, with it? What's
1: a problem? No idea. No idea. Yeah. Um, the the, um, the just the, just but the the, the the opportunity cost is enormous. That's
0: Australia has joined together with their
1: Imperial mates from the US and the UK, forming a new military partnership, AUKUS. The Rawkus Anti AUKUS Caucus is bringing together activists from across the country to launch a fight back, and we need you to join us. Panelists include Scott Ludlam, Guy Rundle, Clinton Fernandez, Felicity Ruby, Tyler Mangione, Dimity Hawkins, Jacob Greck and Dave Sweeney. Join us online on Thursday, the 7th of October at 7pm. For more information and to register, Visit renegadeactivist.org or check out Renegade Activist on all the
0: socials. A 3CR supporter.
1: Also, like, not bringing the military with you on these kinds of big decisions is absolutely fatal for political leadership you know it takes a year to build a white paper um you know that a new expense our military is facing is counseling services announced last week on the abc counseling services for within defense For people who are suffering from the impact of this, like, change in in deal, people who are being ripped out of, um, you know, uh, partnership with the French, you know, sites, locations, plans, like huge implications. So um, I think this is probably not going to end up happening. And senior, you know, um, eminent academics and former policymakers, Hugh White, others say this is probably just not going to happen, but it's the shiny bling-bling to help us, um, to help these three leaders, um, Send a message to China. Well, China's our biggest trading partner. We've been blundering this relationship for a long time, and um, what we think we're doing, I don't know. But it's it's um, it's a it's a it's a real balls up. It brings,
0: it brings to mind that um, that little scene from Utopia where they're going through the defence white paper, and it's. Um, we're doing all this to protect us from... No-one wanted to say the word China. He we said, we're spending, all this money, we're spending all this money to protect our trade with China against China. And it's just... It's, I mean, it was a comedy, but it's. it would be funny if it wasn't at the expense of increasing international tensions in the region. The, As you say, the... the um, the loss to more socially beneficial and environmentally friendly spending—I've got to say—the opportunity, the opportunity costs at a time when Australia is in the middle of a, of a huge pandemic—and um, right. yeah, it's, it's, it seems crazy. It, 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 but the,
1: also, also the, the name the, more appropriately, the name would be the US first, then the UK, then Australia. That's that's the way. That's the the, the order. But that would have actually spelt you sucker, you sucker, and that's a, a little bit close to home, you sucker. But um, what? Like, it's interesting that the United States is proposing to share nuclear um, submarine technology with Australia it hasn't done that since 1958 mm, mm. so um, and that was with the British and that's why the British are involved in this so this is also like a real shot in the arm for companies like General Electric General Dynamic um, BAE you know depending upon um, who gets this um,
0: yeah and there's also
1: why are we lining up yet again with a with a wet little island seven eight thousand kilometers away you know well that's why because of the companies
0: involved because of the companies involved and there's also the point we've been hearing about um, that we might not have to wait until we buy these submarines or build our own submarines, that um, we might enter into some kind of lend-lease arrangement with um, submarines right. like that the US are currently thinking or about to retire, retiring as of today, I think, the 1st of October, the Lincoln, the Lincoln class. And um, there are a couple of them right. sitting in the region in Guam. We might end up getting getting those. Um yeah, so that's... It, it's which not- brings
1: up a lot more questions, which brings up a lot more questions because if they're going to fast-track this, then we're going to have nuclear-powered submarines in our ports, mm-hmm. in ports that are not equipped for the safety, security, incidents, accidents, protocols and readiness. We don't have the kind of um, technical know-how um, on the scale that you need for these huge... Huge, dangerous. I mean, Adam Band called them floating Chernobyls. Maybe a little bit too much. Mm. Um, you know, like he was he was looking for some cut through, and I understand that, but. Um didn't necessarily go down well, even though it's kind of accurate, right? I mean, especially if you're getting the old, um, you know, second hand-me-down, um, you know, class yes. submarine in our ports, um, they're, they're even more prone to accidents and incidents. I don't want to see uh, Australian submariners, Australian naval Navy folks to radiation routinely as part of their jobs. That's not okay with me. Mm. Um, it's not okay with me that you know these things will be in our ports. It's not okay with me that we're that we would consider rushing this. Yeah. Um, I- you know, we've been told that we've got an eighteen-month process um, before we make the decision and, and commit. I think we should use those eighteen months to really ask the questions. What are these for? Now, the two kinds of submarines that we're going for are about long-range missions, so that's far from our shores, right? Far from our shores, and they are to um, be able to track down deep sea Chinese submarines that can attack the land of um, the, the United States. Mm. Um, but there are also submarines that can attack land-based um, targets. That's not about defending Australia. That's about provoking and making Australia a, um, a target. And, and having these in our, in our shores would also make our ports a target. And they now, will, of course... Our, our spring- We know is a target, Alice Springs, they've written off. They they don't care about Alice Springs. You know, Pine Gap is there and it is a prime nuclear target. Um, But now our ports might be as well to take out that kind of capacity. So, I don't know, it just seems like such a, you know...
0: It it is. And when you talk about the ports, um, when I I heard about these submarine deals and um, increased troop movements and visitation rights and everything through through our ports, that... um, Peter Dutton announced at the OSMIN con- the Osmin talks that um, happened the day before the, the AUKUS announcement, one of the first places I went to look at was the ARPANZA, the um, Australian Nuclear Ra- um, Regulatory Body. They used to put out, we used to have on their sites um, contingency and emergency plans for um, every Australian port. I could no longer find those on the ARPANZA site. And it seems it seems to me that um, it poses a risk not just to to the to the submariners, but as you say, in every port that these submarines might visit. And um, I can't imagine, for example, us having nuclear powered submarines and them being denied entry to ports like Melbourne and Sydney.
1: Right.
0: Okay. We're having a little bit of technical issues with the with the um con- with the connection here. But um Flick, you and I both, um next Thursday are gonna be taking part in what we've called the uh, Raucus Anti Orcus Caucus, an online event. Um next Thursday. What do you think we can do as peace activists, as well not just as peace activists, but as Australian citizens to to curb some of to curb some of the um, some of this nonsense, I guess you could call it.
1: Well, I think the orcus the anti AUKUS Caucus um, has a number of jobs. Uh, We've got to really put the spotlight on this and demand more transparency. This kind of, you know, policy um, by announcement, um, this has like it's just got an incredible democracy deficit on all kinds of levels. Our parliament, our public, but in, indeed the military itself was not consulted about this massive generation generational commitment. And um, so we have to we have to like really put the spotlight on it and highlight what the implications are so i think there's a real information education um transparency part of the work that comes next but there's also a lot of agitation and organizing to do Um, and i think on the nuclear front we've got a a lot of problems on the troops and the bases and the weapons front we've got a lot of uh, of work to do to Challenge tend to resist the 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 increasing role of Australia as a you know aggressive military um, force in our region, um, and I think that we need to um, ignite the. Uh, indignation of Dungeons and Dragons fans around the world um, about the misuse of Orcus, which is, you know, a a pretty major character and I think that it's a real insult.
0: Um, There's all
1: kinds of ways that we can affect the cultural uh, reception and the um, intellectual, academic and political debate around what is this thing and do we need it and what is it and, and... How much are we going to pay for it, really? And is this the kind of thing we need to be doing in the face of the security implications of climate change? Is this really the kind of thing we need to do in the face of the need for enormous increased cooperation to face climate change as a globe? Are we going to waste time, resources and carbon on another Cold War? No. No. We can't afford it. We can't afford this bullshit. And also, this is just going to be. This is just a bit of an election ploy. Um, poor old Biden is trying to rebuild his his reputation after an absolute bucket of of a, of a war in Afghanistan mm-hmm. that has caused so much suffering that costs so much of his own people and of his own budget. This is this is like oh the the US is back, baby. The US couldn't um, and, and and all its allies together couldn't defeat a bunch of idiots with ak-47s and CIA training and and pickup trucks like like this is just absurd just try and start poking this you know a, a fight with with China for the sake of a domestic reputation masculinity enhancement program it's just like please can we get on with the really serious stuff and can adults please take control of what's going on here?
0: yeah yeah and then look you mentioned... that's what I think the raucous anti-orchus caucus <clears throat> is going to get up to and just on that you mentioned some of the internal American um, Joe Biden's impetus, I guess, for, for trying to rebuild his. And on the other side of the globe, we've got um, Boris Johnson, um, who's possibly trying to reimagine Britain in a post-Brexit world. I mean, he pushed the whole Brexit deal, and um, now he's in a situation where, you know, they can't even, you know, They've got lineups for petrol stations. For argument's sake, they've got shortages of goods. They need to. Is how much credence do you think that Boris is in it, or the UK is in it? Because it's never just down to one human being, is it? And that they're doing it to try to rebuild some image of the United Kingdom in a post-Brexit world.
1: Yeah, look, these are these are desperate people, you know. Like the the, the British are suffering as we all hoped they really would um, after Brexit, and it's happening. It's hitting hard. Mm. It's hitting them hard everywhere. Good. Um, yes, no. These are these are people who are trying to reinvent themselves in in um, you know in kind of 18th century clo- cosplay kind of clothes. They're just like this is this is a very sad um, pantomime what we're watching, um, and we need to change the actors on the stage. And they're all they're all um, Knowing that they're they're not doing very well, so yes, this is about reinventing themselves.
0: Um, well, we can we could change. It's,
1: it's about a lot of things, but it, it's yeah.
0: We can change the actors on the stage, and we can burn down the whole bloody theatre complex. As far as I'm concerned, mate. But um, okay, we'll have that discussion further on the Raucus Anti Caucus Caucus um, next Thursday at seven o'clock. Um, you can find a link on a Friday rave. Homepage on Facebook and um, Instagram and Twitter or renegadeactivists.org. Um, we'll be joined by Scott Ludlam, um, Clinton Fernandez, another regular on the show, um, Dave Sweeney, anti-nuclear campaigner, um, Dibbity Hawkins, um, don't know and if Guy he's... Rundle,
1: who's been doing and some Guy... of the best writing on this that you've ever seen in crikey and if you don't mm-hmm. subscribe to crikey it's really worth subscribing to crikey just for just
0: for guys just for guys, uh, just for guys articles and we're statistics. joined by um mangioni who's a researcher from fiji currently in australia who's going to be talking about the implications um regionally in the pacific for for this um latest anglosphere push for control of the region Okay, um, sorry about the technical difficulties, Flick and other folks. We got um, we got through it okay, I think. Um, but we look forward to talking to you, Flick, and indeed every other listener at the anti, at the raucous anti raucous caucus um, on Thursday. Um, thank you, Flick, once again yeah, for joining us for on three CR no. on the Friday rave.
1: what I'm talking about here is